take you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back. He is my U.S. representative, literally where I live. It's Chip Roy. Chip, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great, Joe. It's been a long time. I don't think I've talked to you this year, so good good to see you. Yeah, happy New Year. It hasn't uh, happened this year yet, but you've been busy. You've been out in the campaign trail. Now, listen, you're a Texas boy, and it is cold as can be in Texas, but it's nothing like it is in Iowa. What the heck were you doing in Iowa? <laughs> I, man, know you're, was... I know you're, support, you're supporting your friend Ron DeSantis, but man, you spent a lot of time up there. Oh my gosh. I mean, when I, I mean, I actually flew from DC, landed in St. Louis, my flight was canceled and I drove eight hours through the night through a blizzard to get to Des Moines. And I wouldn't do that for many people, man. I mean, I know, look, I mean, we'll get into this in a minute, but Ron DeSantis is a good man. And uh, I was proud to get out there and fight and, you know, minus 20 below zero, literally a uh, pre windchill. We had minus 20 plus windchill, but, uh, but happy to do it. And, uh, you know, we fight the good fight and you keep moving forward. What's interesting about the whole thing, and you and I are friends, we disagree politically on this primary, and that's okay. I'm going to vote for DeSantis if he wins the nomination, which I don't think he's going to. I I believe you'll vote for Trump if he wins the nomination. Of course. Um, So uh, the whole idea that we're supposed to hate each other doesn't make sense to me, and X has become a cesspool of that, and I find myself defending you and other friends of mine, like Tracy Beans, who support Ron DeSantis, even though we disagree on who the nominee should be. Well, Why has it gotten like this? I think we're playing into the left's hands. Yeah, look, I agree, Joe. I mean, uh, let's give one a good example. Rick Perry, your friend, my friend, former yes. governor of Texas. Uh, he called Donald Trump a cancer uh, when he was campaigning against him. You remember that? Well, I do, what? yes. He ended and, up and, being, and, Donald, and Donald Trump called him dumb and he said he put the glasses on to look smarter. Right. Right. And he ended up being the secretary of energy. Look, right. politics is rough and tumble. Uh, the bottom line is Ron DeSantis is a very good man. If Donald Trump didn't exist or if, you know, he'd already served his eight years, everybody in this country would be clamoring to have Ron DeSantis be the president of the United States. Agreed. His record is unmatched. What he's accomplished in Florida is unmatched. And with all due respect to the former president, right, there were some holes there. And it's it's worth having the conversation. I think he should show up to the debate. I think he should have to answer about empowering Anthony Fauci and shutting down the economy and mandating vaccines. I think he should have to answer for not getting the the wall built more or not getting policies put in place when Paul Ryan was advancing an amnesty bill. I think he should have to answer for bump stocks that were done unilaterally through executive branch, setting the stage for pistol braces and going after guns and talking about how red flag laws might be okay. Like there are a lot of things that are merit conversation because you know what? If he's a lame duck president, he needs to be accountable just like any other president. Ron DeSantis, he could serve for eight years. I could sit here and make the case. Bottom line is to your point, Gosh, you know, Twitter's not real. The vast majority of the people I talk to, they appreciate that I'm out here fighting for a solid, proven conservative who loves God, loves his country, put on the uniform to serve in the Navy, and has delivered for the people of Florida better than any modern politician I've ever seen in my lifetime. Now, and I get that. And, and Chip, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to do a campaign debate with you taking sure. Trump's side with you taking, although I'm going to get lit up now because you just said a bunch of things about Trump that I can argue. Yeah. But right. I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste sure. our time doing that. I'm a Trump guy. You're a DeSantis guy. If DeSantis is the nominee, I'm voting for him. My mom lives in Florida. I grew up in Florida. Yep. He has run the state. Magnific- uh, magnificently. I don't like that he ran this time. I think he's a shoo-in in 28. We can discuss that as we go forward. Having said all of that, let's talk about Nikki Haley for a second. And here's sure. why I want to do that. After Iowa, she hits the stage, hits the microphone with a big fat smile on her face, and says the result in Iowa now shows it's a two-person race for the primary on the Republican side. Now, I, I know that I wasn't drunk. I know that I wasn't on crack. Donald Trump had 51% and and Ron DeSantis was second place. What is she talking about? Well, let's be very clear about the vote in in Iowa. 
uh, there were about 110,000 people who showed up to caucus. That's yeah. compared to, I think, about 170,000 or so, give or take, last time. So a big drop-off. Part of that's the weather. but it had to be, uh, The weather had to be involved in that, Chip. It was what? As you said, it was below zero with the wind chill. It was very cold, I know, but, there, but it, that was a part of it, but it wasn't the whole thing. But also, okay. uh, 7,000 Democrats showed up. Almost all of those went to Nikki Haley. So when she touts her 20%, the vast majority of that were Democrats, 20,000 independents. That's her bread and butter, right? It's independents and moderate Republicans. So if you see what's happening in New Hampshire, the numbers right now, the last poll I saw showed like Trump like 50, her 30-something, DeSantis 10 or something like that. Right. Well, the bottom line is she's getting all of her support from moderate people uh, here in New Hampshire. We go out, like I'm in New Hampshire right now. We did an event this afternoon, chock full of DeSantis supporters, conservatives who loved Trump in 16 and 20 and just want to give DeSantis a shot now. Right. So. She's targeting moderates. She will not be the Republican nominee. So right. she is choosing to deny us a really good straight up debate between two really good candidates and the former president, President Trump and Ron DeSantis, the great governor from Florida, because I don't know. She wants to be the corporatist shill that she is. She sat on the board on Boeing. She got all of these stock you know, uh, buybacks that were going on, made millions of dollars. Meanwhile, bolts are not tightened on the planes and windows are blowing out. Like, this is the corporatist nonsense the American people are tired of, the corporate cronyism right. that's killing us. So she represents that old, dying corporatist wing of the party. And uh, Donald Trump represents somebody who came to Washington to drain the swamp. I just think that Ron DeSantis uh, represents the guy who would who would actually drain the swamp and get it done. But, yeah, but, but Chip, I want to I I break down her actual comment. Yes. How on earth does she walk away in third place thinking it's a two-person race between her and Trump? Uh, how do you how do you not include DeSantis who beat her yeah. in Iowa? Well, I'm not I'm yeah. not sure I get it. Well, especially in light of the seven thousand Democrats supporting her. So if you look right. at the Republicans, she got her clock cleaned in Iowa. Right. But she what she's doing, she's looking ahead to New Hampshire and she's saying, look, I'm going to be the one who comes in second in New Hampshire. And she might be right because this is a mix of very live free or die conservatives uh, and then and some moderates that are kind of, you know, holdovers from the outside outskirts of Boston. But, you know, in, in South Carolina, she's not going to win her own state. She's not. It's 100% guaranteed she will not win her own home state of South Carolina. So, you know, she's just kind of hanging on to that. She wanted to try to dismiss Ron DeSantis. She spent $26 million, okay, more than any other person in the history of Iowa. She spent against Ron DeSantis. I think she wanted to knock him out. She's playing for vice president or playing for some appointment, secretary of state, so she can go try to be a warmonger, picking wars all over the world. Uh, she hasn't met an engagement she doesn't want to get us involved in. She yeah. thinks the, the Department of Defense, she wants to rename it as the Department of Offense. Literally, she said that. I disagree. Wow. No, I, I Well, I disagree as well. She's flip-flopped on a lot of different issues, key conservative issues. So the question re- becomes, who is it on the right? that is sending all this money her way? Or are there people on the left that are doing it? And why is the big media um, pushing her to be the nominee? Because they would be happy with her if she beat Biden? I'm not sure I get it. Yeah, well, I mean, part of this was, I mean, with all due respect to Fox and all the earned media that went to President Trump, a lot of it also was kind of they wanted to elevate Nikki and kind of push DeSantis aside because they kind of saw that as sort of the the, the main rival. But here's what's really important. Here's And this matters a lot. Last spring, there was a lot of support for Governor DeSantis. You remember that, right? Yes. Well, that support was twofold. It was hardcore conservatives who actually wanted to go in a different direction. And somebody supported his background. That's what we saw the 20 percent plus in, in Iowa. But it's also it was some of the moderates, the, the sort of never Trump crowd is like, oh, well, we'll pick somebody. And so then they, they they looked at his record. Guess what? Some of those big donors did. 
They were pressuring Ron. They're pressuring the governor saying, hey, back away from the abortion heartbeat bill in Florida. Hey, back away from that. And, and, you know, we'll we'll be in there. We'll support you in the super PAC land. The governor told them to pound sand, Joe. Right. He did. And look. Nikki's picking up those kind of donors, the the cocktail circuit crowd, the ones that these billionaires, hundred millionaires that sit around going, oh, can't we just have one of these people that will have low taxes for corporations and, you know, they'll keep the defense industrial complex going. And, you know, oh, but they, they won't talk about those icky issues like life. Meanwhile, Governor DeSantis said, I'm going to have the most conservative Florida session we've ever had. And he knocked it out of the park. And so, look, there's there's consequences to leadership, but we need leadership. It is I, Chip Roy, U.S. Representative, District 21, Republican, the great state of Texas. Want to move away from that. Uh, and, and again, that's going to be interesting to watch as we go yeah. forward. Uh, and, and again, I, I have great respect for your, your want, you want your friend that you worked with yeah. to, to get the nomination and sure. you believe in what he stands for. I get it. Again, a lot of things, the things you said about Trump and you and I'll have a soda one day and we'll have this conversation. Sure. I don't, I don't, I don't want to debate you about yeah. the candidates because neither you nor I are the candidates. Having said that, and, and again, because I, I like you and I think that you do a very good job. You're the anti-spending guy. You're the yeah. guy who wants to cut spending, go back to pre-COVID, uh, use the purse strings. Chip, if I hear the word purse strings again or the words purse strings again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choke if you guys don't start using them. Nancy Pelosi was very effective as the speaker, hated everything she did, but she knew how to do the job. Is Mike Johnson ready? Is he, is he ready to, to really dig in and say we need to do 12 separate bills, we need to get a budget done, if two of the bills don't get through, fine. You could shut down those two parts of government, and let's stop playing this game of, of scare tactic to the American people. We're going to shut down government, and it's Chip Roy's fault. What, what do we do going forward on spending? Because it's, it's over for spending. We're, we're in big trouble. Well, Joe, thanks. I mean, first of all, look, I, I try not to be cynical. I try not to like just say, okay, I, I'm done. Uh, but I got to tell you, Republicans in Washington are failing. There's no other way to put it. Last year uh, with Speaker McCarthy, we worked out an arrangement that, in fact, was working for the better part of oh, almost eight months, uh, with it, with the exception of the deal that was cut last Memorial Day, which I didn't think was a good deal. It was right. a fine deal, though, in the sense that we embraced caps. We actually did pass caps. They just weren't as strong as I wanted them to be. Meanwhile, we passed seven appropriations bills. We had 1,100 amendments. We passed the best border security bill we've ever passed. We passed the strongest national defense authorization bill we've ever passed. And we were working with Kevin to try to figure out how we're going to negotiate heading into the fall into this year. Unfortunately, a few of my colleagues decided to vacate. I disagreed with that. Now we have Speaker Johnson. He's kind of learning on the job. I don't love what he's done so far. We are now looking at the third continuing resolution to spend at Nancy Pelosi's levels. Uh, We're working on some sort of big omnibus bill with the Senate that would spend money and fund the very bureaucracies and the World Health Organization and the United Nations and, you know, the Wuhan Institute and all this crap. And I just disagree with that. I wouldn't do that. And finally, they're negotiating right now at the White House some supplemental spending bill for more money for Ukraine when our borders wide open. So, look. We're going to try to use every tool we can to hold them accountable. But just let me give you a good example. So tomorrow, uh, I mean, we're voting on some garbage this afternoon. So I'm, I'm, I, there was no need to be there because it's right. meaningless, a meaningless resolution. So I'm flying in in the morning to get back to go uh, vote to fight. We have a committee and judiciary. I have a, a work to do there. But also we have a vote on a spending bill. The, the speaker is going to bring over. They're going to put on the floor under what we call suspension of the rules, which bypasses the rules committee. And they're going to put another continuing resolution on the floor of the House. Uh, that if, he, if, if Mike wants to be the suspension speaker, then, uh, you know, he's going to have to live with that. And we're going to have to decide whether we're going to do something about it. But um, I think we need to actually honor our commitment to cut spending and to secure the border of the United States. And we'll see where we go from there. 
It is uh, Chip Roy, U.S. Representative, District 21, Republican, great state of Texas. I don't understand why we're so afraid to shut down the government. By the way, the government shutdown would have been on Chuck Schumer in the six-week period that you guys were back in your districts, but uh, nothing got done before you left. So Schumer goes ahead and does the CR, and then he tells all the media that Chip Roy and the Republicans are going to shut down government if they don't accept what we gave them. So you gave up leverage there, not you specifically, but the House did. But now it's in Mike Johnson's, it's in his pocket he can, uh, he can go to any camera that will take him. He can go to Chuck Schumer face-to-face and say, we're going to shut down government if you don't look at this spending that we're giving you right now. We've passed the budget. Here it is, Chuck. If government shuts down, it's on you. Why won't he do that? Is that too simple? Did I simplify it too much? Doesn't it work that way, Chip? It does. Our guys are just always fearful of the shutdown. What they'll do is they'll come into a meeting and they'll say, Chip, shutdowns never work. And I'll say, well, they never work because you preemptively surrender. When you talk about the purse strings and the power of the purse, which I know you don't want to hear about, and frankly, I don't want to talk about unless we're going to find a way to deliver on them. But I try to remind people when I go on and I do a show like this and we're talking and I'm talking to my constituents and people across the country, um, I'm 1 435th of one half of the Congress. So we have to go find a way like when we have two, five, 10, 20, 50 members of Congress who don't want to do the right thing and they're too afraid of their own shadow. What am I supposed to do about it? I mean, I go go to primaries and go say, look, you need somebody better. Uh, What I try to do is message to the people the truth, let them decide. And then we figure out what we do, what we do from there. You said it exactly right. Of course, we should make that the question. You either shut down the board of the United States. Or you should shut down the government. That's not a hard call. And then you go to Schumer and you say, hey, this is going to be the Schumer shutdown, buddy, because you're choosing to do that instead of doing your job to shut down and secure the board of the United States. But here's what's telling. John Thune, uh, senator, right? I think he's the number two or three uh, Senate Republican. Right. He was quoted yesterday as saying we would never get as good of a deal as this current deal they are pushing in the Senate, which is not a good deal. It is amnesty, weak security. He said, quote, we will not get as good of a deal as this if we have the majority. No true words have been spoken. That's the problem is Senate Republicans don't have a spine. Frankly, a good chunk of House Republicans don't have a spine. So now the American people are left holding the bag. So my my question to you as Americans is, what are you going to do about it? Go just beat the snot out of your members of Congress and tell them to do their job. I mean, metaphorically. Yes. No, don't don't bring any violence. Yeah. No, absolutely true. You've got to get in their faces. You've got to be heard. You've got to email. You've got to call. You've got to go to the town halls. You've got to make sure they understand. We will have no problem primarying you if you don't do what it is that you said you would do. So I think we've talked about this before, Chip. Why was Nancy Pelosi so able to gather every last Democrat vote? They were afraid not to vote the way she wanted. And why can't a speaker on the right get the same thing done? Generally speaking, I think it is because because she was pushing to get the, the most liberal agenda she could possibly get. Right. And she wrangles it. And, and Democrats, look, they are always on offense to incrementally keep expanding government and keep get notching wins. They see it in the long game of dragging us along with them. And so, you know, we need to try to drag them back. Unfortunately, some of us and look, I sometimes fall to this, too. You, you, you want the perfect over here. Let's get back over here to full freedom. Yeah. But but the problem is we can't even get our guys to agree to get marginal, like sort of just, you know, freedom incrementally. So, like, take the spending bill. I believe that the, that the, the caps we got in place last year, even though they weren't as good as I thought we could get, even though we right. didn't ratchet back the Inflation Reduction Act, even though we didn't get some of the regulatory changes I thought we should try to fight for or border, we did at least get caps in place. So once it was in law, now the question is, what do we do? Some of my conservatives on the right flank, remember, opposed – a bill we put on the floor in September, 
Don, Byron Donald's from Florida, who's a Trump supporter, buddy of mine. We kind of have fun on the air. Uh, yeah. Scott Perry, former chairman, uh, chairman of the Freedom Caucus, and myself with three moderates, we kind of came together and we had a bill that would have passed HR2, border security, and cut spending uh, significantly by about $70 billion from the non-defense, non-veteran spending. My Republican colleagues on the right, some of my conservative colleagues said that's not good enough, and they killed it. So then that led ultimately to then ousting Speaker McCarthy. We should have passed that bill, which would have cut spending and secured the border and messaged on it all the way through uh, the fall and into this time. And I think we could have won it. But you know what? We, we, we lost some of both of our left flank and our right flank. And we just need better leadership. i got to be honest, whether it's in the speaker's chair or whether it's uh, whoever's in the White House, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or anybody else, we just got to have better leadership in Washington to just smash heads together and get it done. District 21 Republican Chip Roy, let me ask you something about, about your campaign and you getting reelected. Do yeah. you care about the noise? Because people, uh, it's, it's a small number, but they're loud. Let's primary Chip Roy. He didn't want to get yeah. rid of McCarthy. Uh, Chip Roy hates MAGA and calls us all MFers, which you didn't do. I yeah. supported you on that. You were just calling the people who were attacking yep. your staff that yep. name. Um, yep. Do you care that people are saying let's primary Chip Roy? Not at all. I mean, but let me just say this. Uh, I care that, you know, the voters that I that I owe my uh, respect to and, and yeah. focus on that, that I engage with them. I did so after the electors in January of 21 and had that debate went around the district. I'll do that again. Right. Uh, I don't have a primary challenge, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to go work and meet and have town halls and visit with people and go talk to them because I owe them that I work for them. Yeah, uh, I do not work for the influencers on social media. I right. do not. Nor right. do I give a rat's rear end about what they say about me. I'm not in Congress to impress influencers. I'm not in Congress to care about what that tiny bit of noise is. I am there to represent 750,000 Texans, to fight for freedom, to fight for limited government, to fight to secure the border, to say what I believe, to do so with the full force of what I've got as one 435th and one half of Congress, and then go do it. I got you. It is uh, Representative Chip Roy. He's my representative. I appreciate you making time, Chip, up there in New Hampshire. And let's talk again soon, my man. Thank you. Hey, God bless, Joe. Take care. Hi, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Gia. Our daughter Gia's Gotcha Day is today. Met her for the first time 13 years ago today in China. She is a wonderful daughter. We all love you very much. Happy Gotcha Day, honey. We're back tomorrow. Same time, same place. See ya.